feminist friends and welcome to Real Feminism, the podcast where we discuss films from an intersectional feminist perspective. My name is Jo, I am your host today and I'm joined by two fabulous co-hosts, Corrine and Hedvig. Hi! Hey! Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> it sounded like Freddie Mercury at some sort of gig trying to get the audience to respond then. Hey! Hi! <laughs> <laughs> Oh. oh, so we, we're going to get into the Christmas spirits, sort of, this episode, because we're discussing the holiday. But before we do that, Hedwig and Corrine haven't been on the podcasts since the start of the year. I know you heard Hedwig's voice last week, but that was Hedwig from the past. And this is Hedwig from the present. <laughs> and we're not going to round it off with a future Hedwig a la Christmas Carol. But... <laughs> How are we all doing? It is really cold in London at the moment, as I've mentioned already today, many times. Mm, it is horribly cold. I had to wear a lot of layers, put my heat-tech leggings on, put my wind-breaking uh, trousers on. That's literally how I've been coping with this cold. <laughs> but, uh, okay, without sounding stupid, are you not used to this from living in Sweden? I am, but I think also the cold can per- be perceived differently depending on where you are in the world. I think the cold here is very wet. It's like a wet, it sort of seeps into your bones in a way, whilst the coldness in Sweden is very dry. And I Ooh. find that that's easier to sort of dress for, whilst here I feel like you're always just cold. But I think also because it's so cold both inside and outside, you're just constantly cold. I guess the older houses in London are not well insulated either. So our flat isn't in the roof or walls. So it is just hideous. <laughs> like we can see our breath. I can't feel my hands and feet a lot of the time. My drinks are always perfectly chilled. If I go to have some water in the morning, it's just like a nice icy drink. <laughs> There's no need to have a fridge anymore. <laughs> That's great. I hate it. I, I think I've been so cold it's been causing my body to tense up and now I'm in a lot of pain in my back and just my whole body and I think it's from tensing my muscles to like (laughs) I don't know what my muscles think they're going to achieve but I've just been like bracing myself against the weather and I've been but I've been feeling that as well because I'm on my period and I feel like I get a lot more cramps when it's cold uh, when it's like in winter time than in summertime but I think it is because on top of like having your period you also sit and tense up a lot so it just I feel like that just makes your cramps even worse so yeah I think it definitely affects you like if you live very cold or if you live very very hot I was watching an insane documentary about this family that lived in in the coldest place on earth where in the coldest time of winter time it's in Siberia it's minus 70 that's stupid (laughs) it's 500 people living there i was just amazed of how you can cope with a 10 months of winter 10 months (laughs) (laughs) it's just it's just so much like and they have to harvest ice in uh spring to and then they have like an ice um store cupboard where they store the ice because they can't have any pipes because the pipes freezes and breaks. Oh yeah, so of course. All their drinking water they get from ice they harvest. Like, it's just 
amazing it's amazing yeah i'm getting an image of the start of frozen where all of those people are harvesting the ice yeah true but i guess to be honest i feel like that's what people used to do before you had freezers you took ice when it was cold and you put that in a freezer and it made in in a cupboard and that became a freezer anyway is it really cold in france as well girl uh the weather is cold but it's not as cold i think it is in in london at the moment and i also think it's different like the cold here is drier than it is in london Mm -hmm. so i feel okay right now great that's nice (laughs) good for you (laughs) right shall we talk about the holiday everyone's favorite christmas movie yes let's do it (laughs) okay so it was released in 2006 which is both later and earlier than i feel like it should have been because i remember this coming out and going to see it and really liking it which is hilarious given the review we're about to give it it was directed and written and produced by a woman called nancy myers who also wrote i think she did something's gotta give Um, and a few other rom-com films along this same line. She's been quite prolific on the old rom-com stuff. And there were also two other women producing as well, Jennifer Yatz-Eats and Suzanne Farwell. Uh, Nancy is a white woman, and as far she's married to a man, so as far as I can tell, straight, but obviously who you marry to does not dictate your sexuality. But Jennifer and Suzanne, no idea. They had no pictures, don't know a single thing about them. But I didn't realise this was written and directed by a woman. Same. I don't know if that makes it better or worse, to be honest. I'm not surprised because if it kind of feel like it was written by a woman, but like using, I mean, I like romance, but... This is like a very basic romance trope, and I'm not surprised that she's used this reading by a woman, actually. Like some scene that was just like, yeah, even if I don't think a man would have thought of this, doesn't mean it's good. And that's also show that women don't always do like great things. That, that's right. That's true. I guess it's also a sign of that era and sort of internalized sort of misogyny and like, I think it's just sort of that era of filmmaking as well. Or like, not just filmmaking, or like pop culture in general. Agreed. Going on to my favourite section for this film, our list of cast members we can talk about. So for anyone who hasn't seen The Holiday, it is um, following the stories of two women who have been unlucky in love and for different reasons they decide they want to go on holiday over the holidays. And they, they swap houses Um, One of them lives in LA, one of them lives in Surrey, which apparently is the middle of nowhere, according to this film, even though it's right outside London. But anyway, and they both meet men on these vacations and have a romantic fairy tale story and fall in love and fix all their problems. So that's that. So we've got two, the two women are Amanda, who's played by Cameron Diaz, and Iris, who's played by Kate Winslet. But then there are some other female characters, but TBH, they're not really in it that much. We've got Maggie, who is, interestingly, she is the actress who plays Jocelyn in A Knight's Tale, for any Knight's Tale fans out there. The lady who's like, better uh, that than a silly boy with a horse and a stick, whatever it is that she says. <laughs> so I was really pleased to see her. 
And then Iris has a friend called Hannah who says she didn't realise Iris's life was so pathetic. <laughs> also, which I found, she plays one of the sort of, not main leads, but she has a big role in industry, which I've been watching. The series about investment bankers. No? Yes. Have you that sounds really boring. I don't know what that is. No, it's, it's a very good show. Oh, so good. It's amazing. It's really good. I think I've seen her from something else, but it's also possible I recognise her from The Holiday. <laughs> so, not sure. And then we move on to the intersectional side, where we have nothing to say, because everyone in this film is white. And I thought Scream was really scraping the barrel with women. Oh, yeah. Go on, Kareem. There's two characters. Two, no, not two characters. There's two people of colors that have been shown in the movie. One is a nurse, and the other one is, think, no, there's three. The gardener is a, a Latino American man. Mm-hmm. And so the nurse at the very beginning of the movie with the old guy, she's walking with him in the street. That's a black. <sighs> and the third one is the maid in the house when Kate Winston is having a dinner in the house, and there's a maid who's also Latina. That's the only people of color. They are basically the help. And they are not listed on IMDb. (laughs) It's really bad. I mean, yeah, it's... I've never left that section blank before. This is the the first time I've had nothing to write in that section. So it is safe to say that it does not pass the intersectional Bechdel test. I wrote down lol no, which I think is the same thing I did for Scream because there wasn't a named character who wasn't white in that film. And then the Bechdel test, I put yes question mark because Iris and Amanda message each other about their houses and about moving on, going on holiday to each other's homes. And I wasn't sure if that counted. They talk about men. She's asking if men in the in the town. I, I understand what you're saying, but I don't. I don't think you should pass it because really, they're not really t- like. The whole man is still there. Like the whole idea that they're living, both of them are going somewhere because of men. So I don't know. I think it doesn't pass it. Yeah, and I guess the first time when they're messaging or chatting, yeah, as you say, she asks, are there any men in your town? And she's like, haha, no, there's zero. And then the second time they speak, which is on the phone, it's they talk about her brother. So yeah, I think, nah, probably not. It's also really funny that she's like, lol, no, there's no men in my town apart from my really hot brother who will just <laughs> show up unannounced. <laughs> I thought that was amazing that like, so because I really, so I've seen this movie when it came out in the cinema years ago, did not remember liking it, but did not remember thinking it was bad, but just did not remember the movie. And then watching it again, it was like, so we just show up at the house and they sleep together? And okay, that like Jude Law come to your house in the middle of the night. Of course, you sleep with him. I mean, I this mean is- to be honest, yes, I would. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's. Should we talk about Amanda and Graham first? Graham being Jude Law, because that first scene where they meet is a lot. I wrote down so much I had to pause it several times because I was like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. And the first bit is him. So Graham arrives thinking uh, Iris is going to be at home. He's really drunk. He then asks to be let in, which is already like, 
he's not may- maybe understanding the position he's putting her in of this strange man has showed up. I'm in the middle of nowhere in a foreign country in someone else's home. And there's a drunken man on my doorstep late at night. And then he asks her if he can stay. Yeah, but it's very hard. This is Jude Law. Well, look, as I was watching it, I was like, imagine if this wasn't Jude Law. Because all of the people watching this who love this film are like, oh my God, he's, like, he's so sexy, he's amazing, and it's incredible. He's just shown up at the doorstep and then just out of nowhere. But if he were like anyone else, or if he weren't conventionally attractive, you'd be like, oh my God, this is so creepy. Yeah. And then Amanda says to him, I'll bet you glad you knocked on this door. And he's like, I am actually. And then when he says goodnight, he leans in to kiss her. Oh, I don't like this. This is, this is, Jude Law is really handsome, but I actually felt so creeped out and turned off by his whole personality in this film because it just feels so creepy and not okay. But I also don't understand, like, Aside from him being creepy and everything, like, I just don't really understand the whole, like, his character build in a way, because they sort of paint him in the beginning to be this kind of playboy who never, like, calls the women he sleeps with, he sleep, he do, like, a lot of one-night stands, blah, 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 blah. And then they want to, like, sort of tie that into him not being like that at all. Okay, and one thing that really annoyed me, maybe I'm diving much further <laughs> now, but... One thing that really annoyed me, and I think that happens on that first time they see each other as well, is that he said he keeps saying, "You're not like you're not like other women," or like interesting. You're not like other women I've ever met. Just because she says, "I promise you, I'm not gonna fall in love with you," he says that is very interesting, and that makes him fall in love with her. And I'm like, (laughs) what the fuck? She obviously expresses she. I mean, aside from him sort of forcing himself on her, then they have sex. And she's like, that's, that's everything I wanted out of this. Bye. I'm not going to fall in love with you. And he's like, but I want to call you. I'm in love with you now. And I'm like, leave her alone for sake. I have to say it was for me, it was too much because I just didn't. I mean, also, I usually I like Cameron Jazz in movies. I just didn't like her character either. Oh, she I- was horrible. She was awful. I was just like, I don't understand you. But maybe she's supposed to be a very annoying character. Maybe she's supposed to be someone you don't sympathize with. Because even like the first um, the first fight that she had with the ex-boyfriend, the one who cheated on her, even this like this fight, I thought he was an asshole. He was gaslighting her a lot of times because he was saying like no, no, but you are the problem. Like, you are the problem. You are crazy. You're the one who's crazy. But even her reaction, it was like, I don't really like you either. Like, I don't understand why you were with, like, why are you together? There's no reason for the both of you to be together. And you're not very likable. And then she met Jude Law. She slept with him. And and they, they, they're trying to do, like, this romantic thing of, like, playing games. When they both say, like, I don't want to play games. And, like, but that's what you're doing. Neither of yeah. being honest about anything. He basically lies about having kids. And we're okay with this? Okay, fine. Because, you know, that's what people do now. We just lie to people. Yeah. Also, he say one thing. I think that's the second time they, they see each other. Yeah, when she gets very drunk and they sleep together. They don't have sex, but he sleep with her. And he says, call me old-fashioned, but I don't sleep with unconscious women. Mm. What the fuck is this? I know. I was like, yeah, that's that's old fashioned. That is. 
not sleeping with unconscious women or unconscious people. I know, I, I wrote that down as well. I was like, what? Consider this to be okay because it used to happen before, but you just modern now and you don't do it to like you should never sleep with unconscious this is not the reason you should not sleep with unconscious women you should just sleep with them because they're unconscious this is yeah. yeah i also i wonder if it plays into him because they want him to be kind of like that uh, mr darcy old-fashioned english gentleman and i was like he you don't get points for not sleeping with her well, well, for not raping her, essentially. You don't get points for not raping her. No. You don't get to be, oh, my God, he's such a wonderful gentleman because he didn't rape her. No, definitely not. Like, Also, um, one of the moments where he says that she's the most interesting woman of all time, he asks, <laughs> he asks her out of nowhere, how do you feel about foreplay? And her response is, I think it's overrated, significantly overrated. And I was like, what are you, what, what? No one with a vagina has ever said that foreplay is overrated. (laughs) And also what they're doing there, that whole flirtatious thing and then the weird kissing and her being like, no, I need to see if I like it still. I was like, well, that counts as foreplay. You're building up, you're arousing each other. You've just not brought your genitals into it yet. But why would you want to just go straight into his penis going into your vagina? Yeah. Why would you want that? I was thinking maybe she has like a neurodiverse diagnosis because she's very, you know, with her sort of not being womenly or sensitive or not being able to cry. I was like, maybe she has like Asperger's or autism or something, or it could be interpreted like that. I don't think so. No. I think we we could, I, I agree with you, we could say it this way, but I don't think that's what they're trying to do here. They're just trying to, She's for me, she's like supposed to be, the, you know, the cool girl who's mm-hmm. like very, the independent woman, but that intimate, like even when she says like, she lied about her job because she doesn't want men to know what she does. And like when she says like, I own a company, it was like, wow, even this scene is pissing me off so much because mm-hmm. it's like oh i own this company is like and again we don't we don't have to give him points because he's okay with the fact that she's like a important woman and we're supposed to be like oh he understand he's not threatened by her this is great are are we happy about this like this is a thing now even then he says well i am a little i'm still a little bit threatened or something like that or i'm still a little bit intimidated i was like okay mate And also, they spend the whole day together. This scene, when they're in the park, like, running around each other in this, like, I don't know what montage was this. We did not need, <laughs> like, a full five minutes. This is why the movie is stupidly long, because we... Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I wrote down, I was like, what is all this kissing and frolicking in the English countryside? <laughs> this... Whole film is such a misrepresentation of the UK. It's so like Tessa the D'Urbervilles temporal esque. And I was like, I don't know if anywhere like this exists in the UK, particularly not Surrey. Like, not to hit and hate on Surrey, but it is not the middle of nowhere. No. I love how for her, the definition was like going abroad to like a very different country is going to Surrey. Like, she looks at all the countries, like she looks at the map, like not a map, a list, and she said, which countries speak English? And she go to England. And I'm like, 
what what this is how you like you go on christmas vacation and you're going to england in surrey and okay i mean i don't know so she said no to bora bora because she didn't want to rent a canoe for one person i'm like <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> oh i also um there's a bit where she says to him i'm not sure i even fall in love not in the way other people do which is one of the times he responds with like i said most interesting girl of all time <laughs> I mean, because you're broken inside because your dad left you when you were 15. <laughs> yeah. That's, I think, the only thing, because I do get what you're saying about possibly she's neurodivergent because of this way she's presenting with her emotions. But then she goes into that whole story about her parents getting divorced and she sees her dad's suitcase out the corner of her eye in the hallway and then she just hasn't cried since because she's had to be strong. I was like, I think you need some sort of therapy because that's not good you're repressing all of no wonder she's getting all of that like heartburn and chest pains yeah Yeah, definitely i just didn't really like her character either so my empathy for her was very small and the more and more in the the montage in the garden was ridiculous for me this movie was very long but so many character changes like this like for example when she discovered that he has kids she's like okay I'm fine with it. Let's move on. And you're like, this is uh, this is very quick. Yeah. If we talk about the only positive or like the only sort of the only scene I felt I didn't cringe, I actually laughed and thought it was cute, is the scene with his kids. Because his kids are the cutest fucking kids I've ever seen. Especially like the young one. I'm like, you're such a good actress for being like two years old. <laughs> I find that was very cute and uh, you look like my barbie (laughs) also did you know that barbie's full name is barbara (laughs) (laughs) sorry i still have a cough and no i didn't know that (laughs) i read it i read it today i felt appropriate to tell you I I don't mind so much that he didn't tell her about his kids because he probably had in his mind, this isn't going to go anywhere because she's going to move back. I don't want my kids to be introduced to someone that they're not going to meet. Although, having said that, when he said, I don't want to introduce them to someone they may never see again, I did write down, you still could have told her about them. Yeah. The fact that he didn't want her to meet them is one thing. But then he has, like, the whole day, and she's right when he says, like, you asked to have lunch so we can get to know each other, but I'm not going to tell you about how I lost my wife. I mean, this is your your life story. We're not telling you you have to meet the kids, but you can at least tell something. Like, why did you talk about for six hours playing in the garden when really you could have told that you lost your wife and you have two kids? Yeah. (laughs) Also, I wrote down that when, I think it was maybe the morning after they'd had sex together and he was saying that his life is really complicated and now we obviously know that's because he has kids. And he says, I tend to hurt women simply by being myself. Mm. I was like, well, that's a fucking red flag. Like, what does that mean? Mm. What are you doing by being yourself that's hurting women? And again, it it feels like the way he's saying it makes you want, I think the idea is the audience then pities him and is like, oh, it's not your fault, you're wonderful. And I'm like this, 
ah, so much of this film last night. I was like, this is really bad. But I liked this when it came out. Yeah, same. I loved this movie when it came out. Like, I remember it, like, watching it be like, oh, so cute. I mean, it just shows how you we change. Because I don't remember hating this movie, but I remember not thought that it was that stupid because what yeah when he says like i hurt woman and you're like oh let's go like you just say that you hurt woman. Like, why are you not hearing here like this is a you sh- this is a red flag saying you should run away and never just see this guy again but then she goes to the airport and then come back just because she wants to see him like how like i don't know it's um it's so weird i don't understand this <laughs> that dog was that her dog or was that iris's dog that she was suddenly caring for whose dog was that it was iris's dog because you see that dog in the beginning when iris is home and she feeds that dog and i was like why would you just leave that dog to someone else also i have a question when she leave for the airport the first time like almost leave so she basically leave the dog by itself like (laughs) You're just like, I'm going home, I'm done, it's been six hours, I'm leaving now. And you're like, but there is a dog, did you take care of it? <laughs> also, okay, we'll, we'll get on to this more a bit later. I know at some point he says to her, oh, I had the kids at the weekend. Oh, no, um, my pa- pa- parents had the kids? Someone had the kids. But then every other time, I was like, why aren't you with your children? It's the Christmas period and they live with you that's what i was thinking as well i was like you leave your kids quite a lot because she was only there for two weeks i was like you see each other every other day and you don't bring your kids with you like what do they even do and are you yeah. ruining their christmas just be with a random woman that you find super interesting because she's not interested in you like what i got Ugh. i really ha- i've it's funny because i think when i watched this when i was younger their relationship was what I was most interested in and what I enjoyed the most. And I think part of it is because of the idyllic English countryside with all the snow and it felt very cute and romantic. And now, like, this is the worst fucking stupid thing. This is so stupid and I hate it. And part of it, yeah, I was like, why, where are his kids this whole time? Who's looking after his kids? Because they're not at school. Mm. Um, like he probably can be off work, but it oh, it just doesn't make any sense. At one point, he's like, "Oh, I'm running out of reasons for why we shouldn't spend more time together." And I was like, "I have a lot of reasons why. Number one, <laughs> your children. Number two, the fact that she's going back to LA and this just isn't gonna work out because mm-hmm. you're not gonna move to LA and move your kids and uproot them and her life and work are there, so she's not gonna do the same. And then at the end." When she runs back, she's like, well, I could stay until New Year's Eve. And then they're like, oh, my God, it's a happy ending. I was like, what happens after? She still has to go home. Also, I felt really bad for the cab driver because she just left all her suitcase and all her shit with him. And I was like, (laughs) yeah, I know. (laughs) Sorry. I've been waiting because Lee's not seen it and he didn't watch it with me and I have just been waiting to talk to people about this since yesterday because it made yeah. me so frustrated. I was like, this whole film is stupid. It's so stupid and it's so ironic because I spoke to my friend. She had been to 
a Christmas market with some friends and I was like oh yeah she invited me but I had I was too crampy and I was watching this film so I was like I'm just gonna stay home she was like oh you're watching Holiday I love that movie I'm watching it I watch it every year and I was just like what do you love about this movie I just think people maybe watch this film with with like a sort of nostalgia filter where you don't actually analyze it where you just watch it and you actually don't think about what's happening but you're like it's cute it's Christmas it's like a love story blah 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 blah. but when you actually like start to think about what's happening as we've all been doing watching this (laughs) it's just that's such an absurd and fucked film like no, but okay, so don't you think, because, you know, we were talking about how the view of England in this movie, like mm. she's in this very old fashioned house. He seems to be this beautiful man who lives in a small country when you understand that he works in London every day. So it's not like this man who lives outside of the country. He's like, he sees women all the time in the city. Like it's not this, the view as, uh, for me, it's like how America see England like the country of England and you're like, but this is us, this is just outside of Greater London. This yeah. is not far. Yeah. It, I know. Like, I don't know how you think this is working, that we barely have electricity and we don't have more than stuff. Because <laughs> everything for her seems like the 50s. And <laughs> like, what, what is happening? And this is as this romanticized view of England. With Jude Law is like this only man apparently because there's no other man in the in the village when she lives, but except her hot brother, and who works in London, so it's not like that by himself. But and it's a, it's a weird I don't know. It's for me it's like now I can see how America has a view of Europe which is sometimes very very romanticized and very like. We don't live like this. Like even in Surrey, people don't live like this. Hundred percent. Also, that soup, that shop she goes to. I was like, what the, what the fuck is that? <laughs> that's like no shop I've ever seen in this country ever. That's not a co-op. That's not a Nisa. It's not a Tesco. It's like, what is that? It looks like a beautiful, like organic shop from like Nice or something. Like <laughs> you know, it looks like a French, amazing like grocery, organic grocery shop. Yeah, it does. Uh, is there anything else we want to say about Amanda and Graham? Oh, I did. I do. <laughs> I have something else to say. Um, Amanda doesn't at any point say that she loves Graham. Oh, no, she doesn't. Which I thought was interesting because one of the things I thought was interesting is that normally the female characters are kind of the soppy lovesick ones. And in this instance, it was reversed that Graham is the one who said that he loved her and she doesn't say it back to him. But obviously she then starts crying and he's magically fixed all of her childhood trauma for her. So she runs back to him. But she still, when she gets back, doesn't say, oh, I love you. Mm. I just thought it was an interesting choice. Do you care? I don't really care. Like... (laughs) (laughs) Even when, you know, she comes back and he's crying and I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. I wasn't even sad for this scene when they could have thought it was cute. I was like, he said he was crying, so he cried, okay. For me, I don't know. I didn't feel the story was great. Like, it wasn't like this passionate story. He basically told her after seeing her 
like for a week, I love you and I want you to be to be in my life and whatever. Like I don't I I didn't believe in anything in this movie. Mm. I did actually cry at the movie yesterday. But not <laughs> I think you're going to guess which scene, but yeah, it's not going to be. It's not going to be in the England, England setting. No, no, it was not in the England setting. But I think when I was younger, that scene always made me cry when she runs back and he's there crying. I think as a kid, or how old was I when this came out? Uh, two, three, four, five. So I was fourteen when this came out. So prime age for dumb romantic yeah. stuff like this. But yeah, this that scene didn't make me cry. I was just like fuck off it's probably one of the few films that were done in this podcast that has sparked this much much anger well this and love actually i'd say the two i can watch love actually i think i mean there's a lot of scenes that are problematic in many many ways and actually this week i was watching uh on instagram there was this thread about this guy who watched love actually for the first time with his girlfriend and he's like making a resume of each story where i thought it was very funny at the end of the day, Love Actually has very uh, is very problematic, but I can watch it. This one, I was like, I think I need to stop. Like, I have to watch it for <laughs> the podcast, but I <laughs> never end this. Like, I would stop the movie way earlier if I could. Like, no. I was holding her at gunpoint and making her watch it. <laughs> I think I could watch this movie if it was just a movie about Iris and Arthur. A hundred percent the best relationship in this film is Iris and Arthur, yes. the old man who lives next door to Amanda. That yes. is true. Okay, that I agree because I love their relationship. The rest can go in the trash. I don't really care. But the whole man is like, I love this is this is what made me keep watching the movie because it was like I like him. Yeah. But and I like that it wasn't like a love story, it was really like her meeting this amazing man was like just so nice i also thought about this then an alternative sort of outcome of their house exchange could be that amanda asks iris are there any men in your town and she says zero and she just befriends like the local older women and like join their like knitting circle and like find back to herself and like heals her childhood trauma by finding you know like some inspirational role models and she like chills out maybe joins a book club i was like that would be amazing. Why, why, why couldn't she just do that? A hundred percent. I was, I was thinking about watching this yesterday. I was like, Iris, I like, like Jack Black was kind of funny in it, and I much prefer their romance because it felt more natural. And they, I don't even think you see them kiss at the end when they're in the theater. Yeah. Do they kiss? Yeah. He, he asked her on a date, and she kissed him. But it's not oh. like a tongue, like a blah. It's like a peck. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's it feels more of a gradual, natural thing. But also, if he'd not been in it, that would have been fine. I wouldn't have cared. I just, I really loved the storyline between Iris and Arthur. And that is what made me cry. Same. When he's, he walks into that room and all of those people are there waiting for him to celebrate his his work and achievements and he's really shocked by it and I was like oh my god <laughs> okay I'm also can... on my period <laughs> yeah that's probably why <laughs> that I can accept as a scene to cry that I can if you would have told me that I cried because of um I don't know uh, the breakup scene or whatever I would be like no 
This is acceptable. <laughs> yes. I just thought it was beautiful. I also, when you see them all at New Year's Eve, I was like, I don't give a fucking shit about these people. Where's Arthur? Is Arthur okay? What's happening with Arthur? You've just left him in LA. Exactly what I was thinking too. I was like, why aren't you celebrating New Year's with, with Arthur and this little gang of cool old men that worked in Hollywood in the 60s? And also like, why do we still need a montage for like five minutes of them dancing around? <laughs> Like laughing with each other and you're like why I, I i don't get this like this is not necessary we know they all end up together so why do i have to see them dancing around with the kids and then like laugh like there's a scene when they just look at each other and laugh to each other and they didn't talk they just laugh watching each other and you're just like no no what i also love about arthur or i guess the whole sort of la scene is that how they talk about like old Hollywood and you know like dropping all these old film names in like I that I found like romantic and like fun and I don't know it, there was just something about it which I was like it made me like cozy you know and he was talking mm -hmm. about how he used to sit at the editor's table or like the writer's table and he was like working on a script and blah, blah, blah. like I just loved that whole storyline about him being like an old writer in Hollywood so I love that he was recommending all these films to her and was kind of passing on his wisdom to her in a way that made sense because he's her elder. And then you get to the scene with Jack Black and Iris in whatever video rental they were in. And he's just going through, like, picking up all these movies and being like, this score is amazing because of this. And it felt so... Obviously, his job is to compose music, so he's going to be very knowledgeable. But she doesn't ask him to tell her about all of these scores of these films. It, it just made me feel a bit icky. It felt... I thought this scene was awful because mm. I am like singing all this like about... I mean, it feel like off and she was giggling like <laughs> all the time and it was like, stop laughing. This is not funny. Like, why are you laughing? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, I struggle a lot with Jack Black in general. I, I, I struggle with him yeah, a lot. So I struggled watching him in this film as well because I just feel like Kate Winslet, she's a goddess. <laughs> <I wish. laughs> and Jack Black is not the end. <laughs> no, and I, I know this this makes me sound very superficial, but it's not just the looks. I also feel like she's like super caring. I guess he's also a bit caring, but he's just annoying. Like his whole shwabla da do 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 do. Like I just find it. <laughs> He's like a manic pixie dream girl, but as a man, when you're like, can you calm down? Calm the fuck down. Stop with your. Oh my god. When they're doing that, when you're doing Arthur's song, and a shwabla pity do, and a shwabla do, and a shwabla do. I was I was cringing so hard. I almost wet myself because it was just like it was too much i was like sitting with my head between my knees because i couldn't watch oh but you speaking of that scene though where he said oh i also wrote a melody for you and then he says i used only the good notes and that really got me was yeah. like, oh, then, he has to, then he has to ruin it with the schwabobody schwabobody maybe that's because he felt so awkward around such a beautiful goddess 
No, I'm sorry. This scene at the blockbuster was way too long. And <laughs> and the, it seemed like every movie. And then for some reason, you have a cameo from Dustin Hoffman because he's talking about the grad rate. And like, why? We don't know why, because there's no reason for this. There's just a cameo from him. We, he says, I don't even understand what he said, but he's just like, what are you talking? And then you just move on. Nobody sees him. It's just, this happened. And then you, I mean, this is a weird, and she's giggling all the time, like a, like a 14 year old girl, like, oh my God, this is so funny. I'm like, why are you laughing, eating a Slurpee? It's, it's a very weird scene. I was going to say, I can see myself so much in Iris in that scene, you know, being a teenager and like laughing to guys jokes that, that you wanted to impress. But I was like, why would you want to impress him? He's not funny. Like, Stop. <laughs> I could definitely see myself doing something similar but when I was 14 15 not when I was 34 or how old she's going to be in this film I still feel that Miles and Iris are much more suited than Graham and Amanda which neither of you have ever disputed so I don't know why I've led into like I still feel like this um I just I found their story more realistic and oh okay there is a part I don't find realistic, but we'll get to that in a minute. When he shows up and... So number one, he shows up and says, I need Ethan's, Amanda's ex's laptop. And Iris is like, okay, cool. Come back another day. I don't just want to give you that. I'm going to check that out with Amanda and make sure you're a real person. <laughs> just like uh, Amanda should have done when Julo come to the house and say, can I come in your house? She could have said, I do not know you. Your, your sister didn't talk about you, so no, go home, go pee in the bush. I don't care, uh, but <laughs> don't come to my house. And then when he comes back and she's having that Hanukkah party and he joins in, I just thought it was quite sweet that he's there and that they they obviously both are nice people and are treating you know, the, these elderly men as if they're people, which they are, and they're both just having a lovely time with them and they both are interested in music and scores and old Hollywood. And it felt like they came together more on a personality basis instead of just, you've showed up at my door and you're hot, let's have sex. Yeah, they, I mean, they got to know each other. They didn't Yeah. Just, yeah. yeah but did they really, did they spend a lot of time together? I don't think so either. Because she spent, she has to spend time allows them with him for the half of the time. He has a girlfriend. So I don't think they spend that much time together, but they, and they don't say, I love you either. So that's also a big difference. There's not like, you just ask her on the day, they have a good time and you want to spend time with her. And I think it's wealthy enough to say, I can take a, I can book a flight tomorrow to go to England for some reason. But uh, for me, it's, not, it's a, their story is more believable in a way because it's not like this passionate love after like two weeks. It's more like mm. having a good time. I also have my issue with him because the whole, like, the fact that he's dated this girl, cheated on him, and he's like, oh, my God, well, I'm always falling for the bad girl. I'm like, she looks 20 year old younger than you. <laughs> I'm sorry. Should we spell this out for you? Like, this woman, basically, she doesn't, like, she seems to be on the phone half of the time of that we saw her with somebody else who's not you. And basically, you're surprised that this young actress 
that you bragged about to other people, by the way, because he does when they have dinner together. And he's like, I'm dating this 25-year-old actress who basically you understand that she's going out with him because it's him. And it's like, oh, she cheated on me. Oh my God, I'm the poor, like, not beautiful man that like woman like he's playing the victim which kind of like i'm not okay with yeah and i um i resist him or you really are an incredibly decent man and he says i know it's always been my problem i was like that's not it's not a problem for me it's like the you know the the nice guy excuse like i'm the nice guys and woman want the bad boy and i'm too nice and that's why women don't like me and don't date me i'm like really that's a problem that's why we don't date you like mm. Are you actually a nice guy? Because you're sounding like a dick right now. I I didn't like that after the dinner, he kisses her twice and says, oh, I didn't mean to kiss you twice, and then linger after the second kiss. And I was like, that felt uncomfortable and weird. Mm-hmm. And just not the same level as just leaning in and kissing her, <laughs> like, after you've just met her and you're really drunk. But if that felt a little bit creepy and weird to me. Mm. Mm, for me it was more like he make it awkward by saying it it would have not have made it awkward anyway like for me it was like it's fine but then he make it awkward by saying oh I didn't mean it like it's fine like why are you making like just don't like this happened and it wasn't mm. like yeah I don't know I, I didn't thought it was that bad just thought it was weird to say that but you know I just don't feel like they have chemistry like I, I just I don't buy into their romance or like that. I don't buy that she would be interested in him. I would buy that he would be interested in her, maybe. But not really. Like, I just, I guess they sort of bond as friends and in a way. But then the whole, like, romance part, I just don't see it. Or, like, I don't feel it. Like, it doesn't feel like there's, I don't know, that they're attracted to each other in that way. I don't know. I mean, the trend make us buy it from the beginning, though. Because the very like the moment they actually meet, the way the camera plays and the way they look at each other seem like she's interested the minute she met him. And then she sees the girlfriend and she's like, oh, okay. But at this point, I'm just like, she just like her man that she's been in love with forever just broke up with her. Like kind of didn't broke up with her, like he's getting married to somebody else. And she's like very like fragile at this point. So I'm just like, she's just like looking for any affection at this point. And I'm just like, this is what also I don't think this is very believable for me because she's like, she's in in her head, like a three years relationship just ended and she needs to be by herself. And this man was like showing a little bit of attention. She's like, oh my God, this is great. I'm going to like, she be, the guy comes to her because even the scene when she's like, he comes to her in LA and say, I came for you. And she's like, no, I'm going to break up with you. It's over. It's over. And then she's like, okay, so it's over with him. So I'm going to go see Miles. I'm like, this is not how it works. Like this, it's weird. But we can talk about her from the beginning, actually, because we haven't really talked about the beginning of her story. Yeah, and Jasper and everything. Yeah, true. Jasper, what the fuck? Also in a nice tale. Just putting that out there. Nice tale heavy cast in this film. He is horrible. So when this opened and started and she's talking about how she feels and she says, possibly quite problematically, she describes unrequited love as the handicap without the advantage of a great parking space. And I was like, is that a handicap though? Or do you just need to move on and 
Um, and then she's saying like, oh, New Year's brought in by tears and Valium. And she's just, re- she is really pathetic. I mean, her friend says, I never realised how pathetic you are. But then as we get more into things with Jasper, I was like, oh, he's really manipulative. Mm. I started thinking, oh my God, she's so pathetic. This is so annoying. And then going to, oh my God, he's a massive cunt. <laughs> and yeah. he's really manipulating her and making it impossible for her to actually leave and break free i mean the fact that he's dating somebody else that is getting because i don't know what she's expecting at the beginning i don't really know what she's expecting she just love him but like they're friends at this point but he basically makes sure that she's still in love with him by being this like kind of um very fruity and you're like this is so weird to do this like you so many like how do you think this is okay and how does even her friend think this is okay? Like, she say you're pathetic, but you're like, this guy is, like, basically telling your friend I'm going to be with you without being with you? I don't know. It's a weird feeling that this guy is an asshole. And even when she tells him, like, we should stop talking to each other so I can fall out of love with you, and the guy's like, no, 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 you don't get it. You, I don't give up. Like, you saved my life. Well, so mm-hmm. he flies to fucking LA to, like, see her. It's just so toxic. Like, yeah, it's, it's absolutely bad. I was also thinking, I wonder how many women he's doing this to at the same time. Mm, yeah, that's a good point. I hadn't thought about that. I was thinking that he had all these like women around the office that he was like getting them to read his book and, you know, doing a review for him, like helping him with tasks and doing that kind of stuff. It reminded me about what's his face, Hugh Grant in uh, Bridget Jones. Like, I was gonna say mm. the same thing. I was gonna say for me is a uh, uh, Glover. What is his name in? Uh, I forgot his name in. in oh Bridget God, Jones. I can't remember. Um, I don't have to know. Daniel Glover. Yes, Daniel oh God, Glover. Do you know? <laughs> Why do I know that? <laughs> <Joe>. <laughs> so he obviously. She goes off to do some work. She hasn't finished her deadlines yet. And he obviously sees like, oh, she's alone. I'm going to go speak to her and find out what she's up to. And then there's that really weird bit where he says, oh, I got you a gift. She's like, oh, what coincidence. I got you a gift too. Then he's like, oh, the gift isn't here. I was like, well, why would you be like, oh, I've got a gift for you. It was so weird. And she clearly spent loads of money on this first edition book from like this lovely little shop they discovered together and he says about her gift I know you're going to look hot in it I was like and and then he says after she gives him the gift he's like why are you so great he's like leave my mind and that obviously is just the start of it because then when she says she's going to LA he's like well how am I going to reach you how am I going to reach you and she's like "Mm, you're not (laughs) this is the end and then he calls her wants help with his book and saying oh you're the only one who can really help me and like it's making her feel special and like he has to depend on her and that he needs her and then he also doesn't he say something oh yeah so he says have you put on that little red bikini the one that undoes at the back (laughs) what bikini doesn't undo at the back (laughs) 
Isn't that how they work? Like, isn't that how you open a bikini or a bra? That's so like, true. I haven't thought about that. I was so grossed out. I haven't thought about the mechanics of, like, all of them undo at the back. Which one do you mean, Jasper? <laughs> when you think about it, this guy's been doing it for three years. So this is like something in the making. Like he's been doing, he's been manipulating with her for three years. For her to just say stop, mm-hmm. I kind of feel bad. I'm like, this is like a three-year relationship that you're gonna like end when this guy has been like very smooth about it and make you believe that it can happen again. So yeah, I feel bad for her at the beginning. Then I don't really care. <laughs> <laughs> well, I really, and again, I just wish this film had been about their journey and growth to becoming to to breaking free of these toxic relationships because I really love that she has that moment at the end where he he arrives and is saying like oh it was driving me crazy that I wasn't hearing from you and she almost she almost falls for it and then says well have you broken up with your fiance and he's like well no And then when she gets annoyed with him, he's like, I wish you could just accept how confused I am about this, which is awful. And then she has that whole scene where she's like, Jasper, you have never treated me right ever. You made me feel like it was my fault, my misunderstanding. And she throws him out of the house. And I love that she has that moment to be like, no, I'm finally free of you. I can see what you're doing now. And I don't want it. You're toxic and awful. Be gone. I know. But for me, it's like after that, she's like, "Okay, no, actually, when this is over, she goes to a theater. I'm making a mistake. That's not, she didn't go to Miles. She went to the theater, which I thought like, did she actually thought she's going to miss out on the theater for him? Like, was it a question? Like, is it for like, what time? What Like she just, this man who's been mad with you for three years has such a hook on her that the man that she promised and she trained for a week to like walk in. She's like, no, I'm not going to go. I'm going to stay with him. Well, they both almost do that, don't they? Because Miles gets the call from Maggie saying she's made a mistake and wants to talk. So he drives to hers and it's like, oh, I don't know if I'll make it back. So they both almost get pulled back into toxic relationships and then change their mind. I don't think Miles' relationship is toxic. I think it's a bad relationship. I I wouldn't say it's toxic. I'm not saying that she's right to cheat on him because she's not. But I just like, I don't feel as bad for him that I feel bad for her. No, I, I don't feel as bad for him. Well, although you say that, she did tell him she was in Santa Fe and was making up what the weather was. And he sent a, her gift to Santa Fe. And then she was just walking around LA hand in hand with this guy. No, surely she'd know she must end up bumping into Miles at some point because he lives <laughs> around here. <laughs> and then when she's like oh I've made a mistake haven't you ever made mistakes I was like don't bring this back around to him this is your mistake you need to own this you can't be like you've surely you've made mistakes too wouldn't you want to be forgiven yeah I think I think Karen just hates everyone in this film yeah <laughs> <laughs> I did write down, I was like, wow, Iris really made Miles' breakup about her. Because, like, he's right in the middle of it, just found out he's been cheated on. She's like, yeah, I know how you feel. And then just goes into her whole relationship with Jasper. I was like, this this isn't about you right now. This is about Miles. He's going through, like, imagine if you were going through a breakup and went to your friend and they were like, yeah, well... 
I had the same thing happen a year or whatever, however long ago it was that Sit Jasper. Down. I'm going to tell you everything about it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's fine. It works for the film, and they obviously connected, and it helped to see he wasn't alone. But I was like, Harris, shut up. This is <laughs> not your time. We needed to hear the whole story about her. That's also why. That is true. Can I just say, for a Christmas movie, they gloss right over Christmas, don't they? They go from Christmas Eve. Christmas. No, you don't see it. It's Christmas Eve where Miles is around at hers. I mean, they have that Hanukkah, the Hanukkah party. They have the Hanukkah party, they have Christmas Eve, and then suddenly it's like after Christmas. I was like, what happened to Christmas? What's Christmas Day? I wouldn't say this is a Christmas movie. It happens during Christmas. That's pretty much it. Like Die Hard, basically. Exactly. It's not a. It's a Christmas movie because it happens during Christmas. But it's not a Christmas movie. There's nothing about like having a family together. They just go on vacation during Christmas, which is like also the thing about like the two women who's trying to like having their vacation alone. That's really the not. And they're trying to find themselves and be by themselves, which they're not. But that's the whole point of living during Christmas. It's not a Christmas movie as the new Lindsay Lohan movie is a Christmas movie. Which Oh my I- god, have you watched that? Also, Lindsay Lohan has a cameo in this movie, which I completely forgot about. Yeah, James Franco too. Um, I've just remembered that Iris um, attempts suicide. Oh yeah, we didn't even talk about that. Yeah, when she's huffing gas, I was like, what? And also that it's over this guy who again, to be fair, is is being really manipulative. But I was like, this is, that's got really fucking dark very quickly. That's just not mentioned ever again at any point. I mean, she does like, and that's the thing for me, that she has this very big, meltdown when she cries all the time then when she spent like the day crying even when he called her and after she closed all the blinds and go back to sleep and you kind of assume that she's sleeping for another 24 hours because she's sad and then she's like no okay and now she's meeting this new guy and i'm like okay first of all you need to take a step back you've you've been struggling with a lot of emotion at the moment maybe meeting this new guy is not a great idea but you know why not and that's mm-hmm. why I listened with Arthur because it was like, okay, so I'm thinking I'm time for myself with being with someone I, I discover. And it's very different. And that's why I think this movie should only be about them, not about the other people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I also wrote down Iris tells Amanda that she's single and follows it up with, I hate my horrible life. As she's in this beautiful cottage in the gorgeous countryside, having worked at the Telegraph doing all of this journalist stuff. And I was like, your life is, I mean, again, Jasper is awful and is a problem. Yeah, I mean, but... a bad day. Let's put it this way. That's the day it'd be, she'd be, you could basically announce oh, it. now you're being nice about the characters. No, <laughs> I'm just saying, think about this. This is the day, the guy that she's been in love with for the last three years, and now to the whole office. That she basically, I mean, that's the only reason she actually go to California in the first place because she's having this meltdown. She's like, this is the only like only way for me to get better. It's like to get away from my life. Uh, so that I kind of feel oh, bad yes. for her. And I don't think she's I'm just, the other way around, like the other one is looking for a place to go in England. I think that was stupid. But for her to be <laughs> <this> way. <laughs> 
I think that was too. I mean, if you have to pick one place to go in the world during Christmas time when you live in LA, would you leave? Would you go to Surrey? I mean, I I'm not saying anything bad about Surrey, but it's not the destination I would have chosen. <laughs> Be fair, the colors looks very cute though when you see it on yeah. the the cottage is stunning which is why i was like you you've got a beautiful home and i'm assuming you own it because it's 2006 and people owned houses back then and it's beautiful and you've got a little doggy you're having a, your your life is great can we talk about we forgot about this scene the first scene between iris and mouse when she has something in her eye and oh. which is a meet cute for the both of them and you're like what is that like what are you doing the the this weird wind in LA that she has something in her eye and it's like who does this? This is such a weird story. Like I don't know, it's weird. I mean that's a that's the most important scene in most of the roman like romantic movies, rom com. You have the meet cute, but for them, these meet cutes was for me very bad. It was like, what are you doing? Like th- this is not like your girlfriend is right here. Like why are you doing like throwing <laughs> Why are you doing big and round in her eye? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm now just imagining like being out with Lee and turning around and he's just like plucking <laughs> some hair out of a random woman's eye. <laughs> I should be like, what are you, what's happening? <laughs> Why are you touching that woman's eye? <laughs> like, oh go oh look at her fucking she's right at the house that she can go look in a mirror it's not like they're in the middle of the street mm. and she has nowhere to to look it's weird oh. <laughs> okay does anyone have anything else to say about this movie no don't watch it it was awful <laughs> <laughs> I mean this is oh. a I think we did we really did not like the movie and I think it is interesting because both me and you, Joe, we said we went and watched it and liked it when we were kids. Corinne, you have no memory if you liked it or not. <laughs> I you think know. I liked out the movie. I was like, I'm, I don't want to remember what just happened. And really, was it, I, but I even watching it yesterday, I was like, I don't remember being that bad. Like, I thought, I mean, the thing is, they have so many possibilities in this movie because the cast is amazing. You have a lot of like, Mm-hmm. but it's very still very white very like and also very privileged in a way like it's like this people like even like supposedly the poorest people in the sh- in the movie which are Kent Whitland and Jude Law live in amazing houses and they're not poor like let's put it this way they're not poor people and it seems like actually fine I mean it's it seems like they're supposed to be like middle class but we they're not middle class they're upper class but they still like it's and I don't remember feeling like this is so weird. Like this, I don't like this movie. I don't find like I don't really understand the romance between some of them. It seems very quick, but also very long for some reason. Like for a movie when nothing really happened except people falling in love in two seconds, it was over two hours. I don't get it. I don't know. Yeah, as you're saying, even with Iris, she's able to just buy a ticket to LA at the drop of a hat and that's not cheap to do so how do we do the the because if we score it it's not going to be good no because no, the intersectional is going to be zero yeah and the feminine feminine side 
Oh, I don't like. Is that also a zero? <laughs> I mean, he says, "Call me old-fashioned." I don't say with unconscious women, so I'm sorry, but this is. I I don't know. I don't know if because whilst I love Iris and Arthur's relationship, it's still it's kind of about Arthur being really lovely is what I like and I like that she's sweet with him and grows with him but it should we give half a point for Iris and Arthur <laughs> score 0.5 out of 10 <laughs> um do you want to round it up to a one for Amanda oh, but they're all so skinny and thin and rich and white and it's the whole film is about men. Because even I think that though point covers Amanda being a boss lady, and then that's it. <laughs> so we are giving the holiday 0.5 out of 10. <laughs> I, mean, I honestly didn't. We nobody liked this movie. Like, let's be honest here. We didn't thought it was good. We didn't thought it was funny, particularly. I mean, it, I cringed so many times. I'm like, oh, no. Think about the movie being kind of a classy rom-com. The message is bad. Like, everything about this movie, like, the message about, like, you are, like, even Amanda was, like, this boss lady should have to, like, temper ambition to meet this man because she's afraid that she's going to, like, appear to be, uh, to be like this independent woman, it keeps saying to her, "You're different," because she said, "Like I don't know, I'm not going to fall in love with you." On the other side, you have, um, you have Iris, who's not very, not much better either. So I don't know. I don't see how this is feminist in any way. No, and I also feel like, although I love that Iris finally sort of stood up to Jasper and told him to fuck off, it felt like. If she'd gone to LA and just had a nice time by herself, she wouldn't have done that. And I don't know if it was maybe a mixture of both Arthur and Miles's influence, but also probably because she kind of liked Miles and realized she could find someone nicer than Jasper. So it still feels like it was the men helping her move on from Jasper. Yeah. Um there was something else I was just about to say, I think to do with oh. I know I was going to say, no wonder I have such a thing about how, oh, if I don't, like, have enough sex with my boyfriend, he's just going to leave me. Not just my current boyfriend, but in past relationships as well. Because that's basically what happens with Ethan. I can't remember what he says to her. And she's like, well, come on, nobody has time for sex. Mm. And there's this whole thing where she's, he doesn't like, Ethan doesn't like that Amanda's been working a lot and is busy and they're not having sex all the time so he cheats on her and he basically blames this on her he keeps saying like he was busy because of you that I cheat on her because she has time and she's 25 and she's young and she's in love with me and he's like ah, it's not my fault like I'm a I'm this like good composer and this 25 year old woman want to have sex with me so of course I'm going to have sex with her and you're like Okay. Oh, I also forgot I'd written down a bit where Amanda says, I want to eat carbs without wanting to kill myself. And severe stress causes women to age prematurely. I was like, you can just eat carbs and not need to kill yourself. I don't understand. <laughs> Think about the time. At the time, it was this whole mm. 
2006 with the whole period about like carbs were the worst and we couldn't eat carbs and all this like period when carbs was evil. So I think that's pretty much it. But I just, yeah, I don't know. So to, <laughs> to close, the holiday gets 0.5 out of 10. I genuinely didn't think we'd get a lower score than the holiday, but um, we've managed it. And even 0.5 might be too generous. I'm not sure. We didn't think we were going to get a lower score than Love Actually. Is that the one? That yeah, because... It was one and a half, I think, Club, actually. Why did that get one and a half? It has people of colour in it. Surely we didn't give it... Oh, God, I really want to go back and find out how we rated this. Okay, anyway, sidetrack, tangent, I need a mince pie and a cup of tea. Uh, thank you so much to both Karina and Hedvig for sitting through two and a bit hours of one of the worst <laughs> films ever made um i appreciate that neither of you stopped it and that you both carried on um i'm sorry for making you watch it but we did have a lot to say and i had a lot of fun talking about it so that's good thank you also to lee for um sitting in and listening to all of our nonsense and then going through and editing it and doing all the artwork that you see and all the producing thank you very much to sandra who is about to move to sweden and leave us but she'll obviously still be around in our lives she just won't be round the corner but that's fine. Thank you very much to Sandra for doing all the music you hear at the beginning and at the end. Thank you very much to me for also sitting through the holiday and enduring that um, catastrophe. We'll be back in your ears in a month's time where we'll be discussing Thalma and Louise. But until then, uh, bye. Bye.